0: Jason, uh, great to meet you. Um, tell me, wh-
1: where are you based? I'm based in Mexico City, so not very close to the ocean, but uh, down here south in a country that has lots of beautiful dive spots and
0: beaches. Uh, how did you get to, to Mexico City? I mean, uh, how long have you been there? I've been here uh, since 2008, so that's
1: <coughs> going on 11, 12 years now. Um, and I originally came down here to study, I studied in the the National University, um, studying nothing related to the ocean or marine biology or anything like that. I don't have any formal studies in in those areas. I studied uh, social linguistics and social anthropology, um, which was, you know, it's great if you are into academia and you want to do a career in academia, but um, I was much more interested in being out in the world, so... I uh, eventually sort of organically transferred into journalism. And basically that's that's sort of my profession now since the first couple of years of being down here.
0: Excellent. Fantastic. Um, first of all, let me congratulate you on uh, winning the Scubaverse November video competition. Uh, I have to say that that, that month, November, um, there were more entries than than usual. And they were of an amazingly high standard, too. So uh, it was a great month for you to win. I mean, it really said, said that your film stood out, so w- which was fantastic. C- could you just tell us a little bit about how you came to make it? So um,
1: one of the jobs I do, well, I do a lot of freelance work. So I, I do a lot of freelance work for specifically a radio program in the BBC, um, the BBC World Service called Outlook. Um, And they're sort of uh, human interest podcast stories of inspiring people, characters. Um, And because I have a deep interest in the sea and diving, uh, I'm always looking for for people that have compelling stories that relate to the ocean um, for the program, even though the program is not ocean specific in any way or marine specific. Um, You know, it's it's a pretty wide swath of different uh, sort of topics that are covered in the program. If you have a really great story, we basically want to tell that story. Um, and I I had known about Jim Abernathy, uh, you know, this this character who uh, lives in Central Florida. Um, and, you know, he's known as basically the tiger shark guy. Uh, he goes out to, to Tiger Beach, which is, you know, on the, on the west side of, of the Bahamas, you know, between Florida and the Bahamas. Um, and so I want to do a radio story on him. And so I, I called him up Uh, I got his contact and we were talking on the phone and I just realized that I had to, I couldn't just be here on the phone. And because we're in COVID, a lot of the interviews that I do for this radio program are, you know, are distant. Um, You pre COVID times I would go to actual places and, you know, do a sit down interview and record, you know, ambient sounds and things like that. Um, But the idea wasn't to actually film him originally, but when I was just talking to him and, and hearing how, uh, I mean, he's just such a character. He's so excited. He's so, um, he's just got this energy. And, you know, it's very, very evident his passion. I just, I just knew I had to catch him on film. So I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to go up there. Um, which, you know, I, I didn't really uh, have an agreement with, with the BBC because, you know, I, you know, they only allow me to do this, this telephone interview because there's, you know, questions of, of um, security and safety. Um, but I, I just said, I'm going to do this on my own. This is going to be my own trip. And so I went up there, uh, visited Jim and, you know, we sat down talked in his home and, you know, suddenly we were out there in tiger beach and I was watching him with those sharks.
0: Well, <laughs> it was a great. It, it turned out to be a great film. So tell me, Outlook, did they did they help you at all? Uh, I mean, did they commission it in any form at all, or did you simply make it all on your own? No, I did this. I did this all on my own.
1: I knew it would be a great story for Outlook. I know Jim's story was really compelling. It would be great for Outlook, um, but I knew. I mean, once I, I heard of his story, and I, was, I wanted to talk to him. I, you know, we have a we're having a conversation right now. So I called him up to have sort of a pre-interview, to sort of hear out his story. But while I was talking to him, I just knew that this I had to see this character. I had to meet this guy in person. I had to see what he was doing, and you know, out there in Tiger Beach on his boat. Um, so it, it wasn't a commission. I, I later pitched it to Outlook, um, and and they took it on, but. Uh, originally just I'm going to go up there I'm going to do this all on my own it was totally independently funded um, and then later it was pitched to, to the program
0: so, so you presented them with a, a totally finished film
1: basically yeah
0: yeah here's, yeah.
1: here's the story here's all this material you know, okay, yeah sure but um, to be fair with them they uh, you know they, they have a very important policy of you know health and safety and so uh, it's not easy to get a commission of that kind, where you know you're you're telling your producers and the higher ups I'm gonna be um, in the water uh, with sharks, uh, and most people don't understand. I guess the the behavior of sharks and you know the stigmas of sharks are just that they're gonna hurt you basically, and so uh, we're not gonna give you permission to do that. Um,
0: but no, well that that's fair enough. I, I do know. Health and Safety BBC, and and it is one of the most stringent throughout the world. It's, um, yeah, solid. <laughs> uh, I, so, so just, just a matter of interest for people who, who, who are watching this. Um, is it easy, hard uh, to actually get involved with Outlook, BBC Outlook? I mean, if somebody's got a great idea, they want to make it, I mean, is it possible for them to pitch it? Or do they have to do like you've done, go and make it? and then pitch it. Which which is the best way to go, do you think? Um,
1: I mean, I, I'm a regular contributor to the program. Uh, I've, I've freelanced with them quite a lot. So, um, And because I've, I've worked in the field in journalism uh, for years, I, I mean, I think you'd have to be uh, in the industry working basically. I, I mean, if you have a, a great idea, there's a lot of great reporters who, who produce stories for the program. Um, so if you have like a really compelling story, maybe approach one of them or I mean they have uh, contact info on their page as well if you want to write to their producers um yeah it's a pretty organic program but it's a great program if you want to hear uh you know really inspiring
0: human stories compelling human stories from around the world I'm just looking at the site now and uh yeah there are some lovely stories out there I mean well worth a look yeah. So, so were you fairly, uh, fairly new to filmmaking, diving, or have you been doing those two things for quite a long time?
1: No, no, not for a lot, for a long time. Um, so, this would be sort of my first shot. Uh, tiger Shark King, the film I made about Jim Abernethy and and um, his work in Tiger Beach in the Bahamas with tiger sharks and all the other species of sharks. That was sort of my first crack at a, at a short film um i've done a lot of work you know for clients i I do a lot of freelance video work and and videography work here in mexico Uh, but this is sort of like my first i'm going to do this personally and and yeah so specifically underwater um i used to do a lot of work here in mexico on uh, sort of daily news and and that can sort of wear you down a bunch in my case it wore me down a lot so that's when i Back in 2016, I, I sort of quit my reporter gig. I was doing a lot of daily news and, uh, and decided to get certified in, in diving because I've always had an interest in the sea. And yeah, I just immediately became enamored and I realized that there are so many stories to be told of this large swath of the planet that is underwater that most people don't have access to. Um, and I know I would love to sort of take my camera under there. So little by little, I, you know, I, you know, bought my first camera. I, you know, like a lot of people these days started with a, an action cam, a little GoPro. Um, but I knew that 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 wasn't the tool to, to tell the stories I wanted to tell. And so, yeah, in the last several years, I've I've been uh, the internet connected. In the last several years, I've been every time I go on a dive, I'm I'm basically thinking how I'm going to frame shots and things like that, and thinking in my mind as a filmmaker, um, and not just. Most of the time, I will even enjoy the dive. I'm just thinking of how to film uh, what I'm seeing down
0: there. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it's 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 working really well for you. I, bad I, internet. Yeah, bad internet, but I uh, I think we're getting through. So you know, we're 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 still good. There, I mean, one of the things with um, making any film is is of course um, planning and research. Um, you know, just just to make it easier more definite when you get onto site i mean were you able to at least in your head do that before you met jim or did you reckon actually i'm just going to go there and wing it and see what happens oh yeah definitely there's
1: definitely sort of this process of pre-production i mean i think a lot of uh filmmakers have you know their different styles and different uh, ways of going about it but um i i sort of took it originally was thinking of i i want to do a very compelling radio story Um, and then I want to, you know, have these great visuals with it. Uh, you know, a lot of things sort of surfaced in the moment, but, um, yeah, I mean, having a long conversation with Jim before actually going and meeting him in person and doing sort of that pre-interview process and sort of getting facts straight and, uh, getting elements down anecdotes and things like that. And so that's, that's when, you know, when to set out sort of a a loose shot list of what you want to sort of fulfilled to accompany that story or those elements that you want from the story so yeah there's definitely always a pre-production process and a planning process that goes ahead but then there's always things that appear that you know are organic and you know sort of go beyond your expectations or whatever in any in any project i think that you're filming i'm sure you're you're very aware of this because of your experience of years and years
0: yeah yes of course i mean it doesn't matter how you plan you you got to You've got to be prepared to adapt and change, and uh, I and mean, things either don't go as well or they go amazingly even, even better. So, yeah. d- did you end up with pretty well what you hoped for, or did you did you literally go overboard and just shoot, 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 and have hours of stuff to to go through in the edit room? I
1: mean, uh, the it's there's not a lot of locations. You're not a lot of different locations. So you're not having to sort of plan in a lot of different spots. You're on a boat and you're underwater and you're on a boat and you're underwater. Um, and uh, so there was, yeah, I mean, underwater uh, to me, it's sort of because I'm still trying to, to get better at, at filming underwater. Um, yeah, it was, it was filling up the, the memory cards a bunch, uh, taking as much as I could, but also, you know, thinking about, okay, this last dive, you know, I had these shots that I liked, this angle that I liked, or you know, a shark doing a silhouette or whatever. But now, uh, when I go back down again, how can I compose other images, you know, and sort of fill out the shot list that that I'd already sort of pre-planned? But a lot of it was uh, just shooting, shooting, shooting.
0: Um, but yeah, it's sort of a, a mixed process. <laughs> <laughs> well that's fair enough i mean you know in the end uh, that's what we all do unless we're on a really tight schedule and and, and then you have to stick to it if you've got time fantastic
1: i went there for three days <laughs> it was a short weekend
0: right? yeah well that, that that can be a long time you know it, well it obviously was uh enough so which, which is great as a matter of interest what do you edit on i do final cut pro x or 10 yeah and you enjoy the editing process i mean for me it's half of filmmaking but uh, uh, some people i know just like to pass the edit on Yeah, just no. No. No, no,
1: no, no. i just love it to me it's very frustrating when you when you have you know a visual sequence in mind when you're out in the field or you're in a place or you're you know you're with uh, someone and you film this whole sequence and then you pass it on to someone else that's you know that takes on the job of editing and that that sequence isn't isn't in there i mean yeah to me it's it's frustrating because you don't have you know your hand in that part of the creative process Um, but then there's some people that work really well if you work with a really great editor and you have that great fluidity and sort of that that dialogue and communication sometimes a great editor can can pull things out that you didn't even realize that you had and and tell even more compelling story of the images that you took Um, but i personally yeah i I like to edit Uh, i like to sit in front of the computer and just chop away chop away chop away
0: um, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, an editor who's who's keen on your project is just invaluable. I mean, the, what they can bring to the to the film it, it can be extraordinary. But at the same time, uh, I know exactly what you mean. I I can't let an editor anybody just have stuff and say there you are. Thank you. I have to sit there and contribute. Yeah because you spent so much time developing the story and and you know what shots are hidden away that that fit and edit in. Exactly. Yeah, no, cracking. And one of the things about the film um, is the music that you chose, which was, I mean, it was perfect. It was just a subtle sound that was in the background. It added to the images. Um, how did you find the music? Um, there's a lot of, um, there's a
1: really great site that's free music archive. Um, and there's different ways of usage in terms of copyright. Um, it's a pretty large bank and there's a lot of creatives that put their, their music on there. There's a lot of other, uh, websites as well that, uh, you can pay subscriptions to and things like that, uh, where you get basically copyright free, uh, music to utilize. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just sort of, I mean, that, that can be a very time-consuming process of sort of picking through libraries. Um, and also if you work with, there's great musicians out there. We've, I've done other projects where specifically we go to a specific musician. Uh, we've had people actually, you know, compose music for different films, app, and it's a classic you know, thing that you do in filmmaking. But um, for a lot of the types of projects uh, that I work on, it's pretty varied, but there's some really great archives out there and sort of libraries. But yeah, you have to kind of go through and, and see what matches a lot of people. Uh, you see a lot of videos on YouTube and things like that um, where you might have some really, really great images and really compelling images that tell a story. But then sometimes they slap on this music that doesn't really correspond. It's sort of jarring uh, it's, or it's, you know, a lot of there's a lot of trends out there and it's easy to just throw on a music that's sort of trendy or type of music um, and it's easy. But, I mean, that's another really important part of filmmaking that a lot of people sometimes overlook is sound design. Uh, you know, you could have great stuff, but if you don't... I mean, filming underwater, it's not easy to, to film ambient sound. you to record ambient sound. You have to... A lot of times... Uh, I can't think of the, the name of the, the people that do this in filmmaking, but they actually create sounds, you know, in a studio, uh, making sounds with cardboards, and you muffle it, and you... You, know, you create this whole sound design to, to give that extra oomph to the, to, to the visuals, you know, and that's really, really important. Um, but the music, yeah, it's a whole other thing too.
0: I, don't, I do remember uh, early on when I was, uh, I was a freelance uh, for BBC. And um, of course, there was, there was no, it was all film. So there was no sound added on while you're out in the field you may be on your own in a jungle or something or underwater and so to add the film on later in, in in post we had this and I forget her name we had this remarkable lady that would come into the sound studio with her sound trolley and on it she would have all sorts of things like you know mud in jars crisp packets little wobbly wobbly thing and she'd the sound she created, it, it, she would just do the whole thing. It was absolutely fantastic. They're, they're,
1: they are unsung heroes often in many yeah, films. Are. A lot of people, you know, cinematographers get credit, directors get credit, but sometimes, you you know, if you don't have a good sound design, you're, yeah. you know, your, your film's not going not gonna to make it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's a lot easier now, of course, because a lot of it is digitized and, you know, yeah. you, can, you can pretty well pick what you like. As a matter of interest, uh, what made you enter the film on to Scuba Roast? Um, well, because I,
1: I made this sort of as my first um, short, and I was interested in sort of getting it out there. And because of the fact, because I worked, as I mentioned earlier, that I work uh, with this program in the BBC, and I wasn't sure initially that they were going to publish the visuals. I knew that they had accepted the, the radio piece. Um, and so I had all these visuals. And I didn't really realize if I was going to have an outlet for them. So I, I made the short just because I thought I had a lot of really interesting visuals and this really compelling character. Um, and so I started looking around at different places to, to basically get it out there, especially especially in the, in the diving community. And I knew of ScubaVerse. And then I, I thought, oh yeah, you know, they have this monthly thing. I'll just throw it up there as well. You know, like not not anticipating that. It, that I would have the privilege to to be a winner, but also, um, yeah, just just throwing out there, I mean, one thing, and I think I mentioned this in our previous conversation through email correspondence, one thing I think is really great that you folks have in Scubaverse is that monthly, it's a monthly competition that's not like, you know, great, you know, we're doing a big award ceremony or anything like that. It's the space where a lot of people, like you said, in November when I participated, a lot of people are putting great work and doing really great things um, and it's a place to sort of level up you know it's a place where you can see what other people are able to do uh, some months you know there's not a ton of stuff but then some months there's more stuff there's more submissions but it's you get sort of this idea of people who are really interested in the dive community who are really interested in, in making visuals underwater um, and and seeing you know and specifically your your comments of you know oh you know I think you did a really great job here or this part of the narrative was maybe missing or this music here um, and that sort of really positive feedback I think is really important. And so it's just like a nice little, uh, it's a nice space to be able to participate when I feel like there's so much more competition in the internet and people are always sort of fighting. There's so many egos and it's just like, here's a space. I can get my work out there um, and have some great feedback. And so, so, I, you know, I put it out there, I put it on different other, uh, you know, uh sort of small independent film festivals and things like that, just to just to get, you know, just to get it out there because I thought it was a nice little story. Um, but I'm well, happy that you got Yes,
0: indeed. Oh, it's great to hear, um, no, that's really, thank you. Having done this film now, um, I'm assuming it's made you more aware of the need for um, marine conservation. Sure yeah um have you got any future projects now that that might look a little further into into that uh, that need? Yeah, I mean so when i when
1: I worked in the news doing daily news, a lot of the things that I covered here in Mexico, you know my issues of migration, human rights and things like that um, and, it, and it became very heavy you know you know Mexico is very stigmatized for the organized crime violence and things like that. Um, some of it's exaggerated, but there's a a lot of reality and a lot of heartbreak here and a lot of, um, sadness. Uh, and when I left that part of news, I burnt out from that because it was, you know, heavy to do it on a daily basis. Uh, I realized that, you know, some of the, the most important things that are happening in this world, uh, that contribute to some of those social conflicts that I was covering on a daily basis are things like climate change or, you know, the the degradation of the natural world, um, which can be very overwhelming to think about sometimes. I mean, now the climate change is coming more and more to a head. We're seeing it on a daily basis in different areas. Um, More and more people are speaking out about it. People are trying to get lawmakers to change policies about it. Um, But for me, like this big it's very sort of serene and, uh, and um, just wonderful to leave daily news and get myself into diving and sort of be in this underwater realm. Um, and it was a way to sort of disconnect, but then I realized, no, but I'm not, I'm not disconnecting. I'm just in another part of this world that is also connected to these conflicts that we're living out on a day-to-day basis. And so it was really important for me to, to wanna to tell those underwater stories and, and bring my camera underwater. And when I when I was working in you know on Outlook and other programs, um, I'm always looking for ocean conservation stories or people who have dedicated their lives to ocean conservation. Um, I'll plug a couple of stories that I've done. I've done a story here uh, of a marine biologist. His name is um, Lorenzo Rojas Bracho, who is basically the expert on a on a, the smallest porpoise in the world called the vaquita marina, which lives here in Baja California and uh, in the Sea of Cortez. Um, and doing stories basically on that. But a lot of that was news kind of stories. I did another story on a, on a fellow here who's basically the white shark expert in Mexico, um, Mauricio Hoyos from an organization, he's a biologist from an organization called Palacios Cacunja, um, who do, those folks do amazing work for shark conservation, shark behavior research, but they're also very instrumental behind creating the Revilla Jijero, uh, the Socorro Islands uh, Reserve here in Mexico, it's sort of instrumental in getting that area protected, as well as participating in what's, what's been happening recently with the Cocos Islands in and, and Costa Rica, <clears throat> uh, and the swimway between various uh, regions in the Pacific to protect these marine protected areas. And all those things are really, those are the stories basically I wanna, I wanna tell. Um, I think it's really interesting when you have a, a, a potent character, a potent individual that people can relate to, or a human story like Jim Abernethy. Um, but Jim Abernethy, and he says it—he's the sort of bridgeway to tell the story of sharks uh, and how sharks are being, you know, overfished and things like that, and their importance in the, in the marine ecosystem. So yeah, I, I'm I'm always on the lookout for trying to get closer to those people who are the experts. I'm not a, I'm not a marine biologist. I, I don't have the technical know-how, but I know that I can carry a camera around and I want to tell their stories and I want their stories to be projected more um, because it's sort of a, a narrative that I think is often being overlooked in terms of these debates about climate change and the degrading eco, you know, ecosystems, is biodiversity loss and the importance of biodiversity so yeah, I'm always looking to, to amplify those those stories.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. It, it's I I wish you all success with that. And uh, I mean having seen your your short film, I'm sure anything you do now is gonna be uh, really well received. I mean and actually as you work through your projects, do share it with us on Scubaverse and you know we we'd, we'd love to see that. Clayton, um, thank you very much for taking time to to talk to us. It's been great to meet you. Um, yeah, and congratulations again on winning the famous competition. It's um, do take care and best of luck in the future. Excellent. You too. Bye for now. Bye.